Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have Charles Biggs with me. Charles is the regional home missionary for the Presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic, and you are going to get to know a bit about Charles and his ministry. Charles, great to have you here, and I thought I'd jump in with a, a, a question yes. just to get people going. You spent 18 years as a pastor of a local church thinking about one congregation. Yes. And then recently, I think it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's a couple of years or close to a couple of years that you are now regional home missionary overseeing church planting and initiatives of a whole presbytery. And now your, your perspective is yeah. much different. And I was wondering if you could start by telling us how your perspective on evangelism and outreach has changed and seeing what the Lord's doing in the presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic uh, to kind of open that up to get started. Yeah, that's... Um... Excellent question. Um, I'm grateful that um, that I'm able to share with you today, Brad. It's answered the question. I think in the 18 years that I was at Catoctin, I was the church planter from about 2003 to 2006. And then I was called as the first pastor um, until December of 2021. So I began as regional home missionary in January uh, 2022. So I'm... Um, I'm about a year and a half in, very thankful. Uh, to, but to get at your question, I think when I was the pastor of a local congregation, I thought often about linking and connecting to people in our town. Uh, we're in a, a suburb of D.C., about 45 minutes west in Purcellville, Virginia, northern Virginia, Loudoun County. And so I, I would often think about the importance of, of linking uh, to individuals, to people, to to groups in our community, as best as I could as a pastor, to uh, seek to do and practice hospitality, uh, to seek to encourage others to do hospitality, using resources uh, such as Rosaria Butterfield comes to mind about the importance of um, having folks in our homes, not just Christians, but 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 encouraging. Uh, practicing myself, but also encouraging others in the congregation uh, to reach out to neighbors, to get to know them, to um, to seek to be a blessing to them. At Catoctin, we sought to uh, regularly, at least two times a year, to be involved in some of the big community events like parades. There was a Christmas parade, there was an Independence Day parade, and the folks that I would connect with in the diners um, and in the, the town stores, et cetera, the, the places I would frequent, they would recognize us and they would get to know us in that way. I think building those relationships, having being in one place for 18 years was such a privilege because I was able to link and get to know neighbors very well, uh, get to know uh, those in the larger community. Uh, I frequented diners uh, regularly. And then thinking now about RHM, I think more particularly um I, I continue to seek to try to do that, making connections, links, getting to know folks in my community. But now I'm I'm on the road a lot more, and so I'm I'm thinking more about 
sharing uh, these experiences, sharing these, uh, the, the, you know, getting to know the people that, that I meet, uh, sharing my experiences, my stories as best as I can. Uh, an example would be this morning when I got up to go uh, take my walk and I do a walk and talk. I like to, uh, the Lord uses that a lot to uh, connect me with people in my, my town. I've gotten to know people over, over the last few years. And when I went into Tammy's diner, a little small town, you know, town diner, um, I go in and I see a couple that I've pray with regularly. I see, I see Alan, I see Tuffy, I see Wayne, I see Tammy herself. Um, I see Amber. It, Tammy's got me a coffee waiting just my size with the top on it. She could tell today I've got my reader with me. That means I'm not coming in for a table. I'm going walking. And each one of those people, you know, I've had the privilege of getting to know and to 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 bless in some way, to teach them about the gospel, to talk to them about the gospel. And so I take that little microcosm, that little story, and I try to share that with people, that wherever you are, God is with you. And to just think more intentionally each day and in a prayerful way, who it is that God's going to put before you. And I can testify over 15 years that um, that that local situation has become larger uh, in influence by God's grace because I've sought to uh, intentionally, faithfully uh, reach out, get to know people, ask them what they think about the gospel, ask them how I can pray for them, introduce myself. There's two or three folks I'm praying for regularly right now, uh, discipling uh, because of, of those encounters I've had in the diners uh, or in the restaurants or someone that I've met in town over that time. Is that getting at your question? You know, it, it's, a, it's a small town life I've learned to live, but it's not just here. I'm trying to share that and by God's grace, stir others up uh, to inspire them that they're also local somewhere in their vocation, in their job, in their workplace, their schools, and to just think about linking and connecting and making these new relationships. And I think the key word is intentional. I wish I could go back and be more intentional sometimes. I can see the times where I wasn't even thinking about, you know, I, I was probably thinking about something very good and important and, and, and hopefully lawful. Uh, it was all, you know, it's just what my schedule was for that day. But now I try to say I'm leaving home being reminded that where I am, God has called me to intentionally look out on mission to connect and to seek to evangelize as I have the opportunity being myself yeah, that's great. That's great. That's what I was uh, thinking about. You mentioned there the word intentional, which we've used on Outward OPC quite a bit and others have used. I think you started to certainly we, we can pick up some of your answer from some of the stories you gave. But could you maybe open up a little bit on what intentional looks like in your life? You, you obviously told us the walk and talk and the, the diner story. But can you give us some other examples, either you personally or even as you're out as a regional home missionary? What does intentional look like? Yep. Intentional means that I'm seeking to be face to face with folks as best as I can. What I remember one of the Outward OPC talks was not only an intentional uh, that I remember, but sometimes inconvenient. Uh, the things that remind us to deny ourselves. But I think even before I leave the house now, intentional means when I'm seeking first the kingdom and its righteousness, I'm seeking to be prepared. 
I'm seeking to be prepared for those I will meet. I'm seeking to remember that the life I'm living is is a life of dying to self. I'm, I'm seeking to learn that um, more intentionally. I think as, as I see me thinking with the help of the Holy Spirit that I want to be prayerful and prepared as I go out the door uh, that I'll take a tract or two. That I'll say, you know, today I want to hand one out or I want to ask one person their name and introduce myself and ask how I can pray for them. That kind of very specific intentionality to, to be ready as First Peter 3.15, to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us, but with gentleness and respect. That in order to have that gentleness and respect, I have to be being transformed by the gospel myself. And I find there's a link between my time of devotion and seeking after the Lord, my time that I spend with the Lord in, in his word, uh, by his spirit, the time that I spend seeking to be transformed, I'm going to desire more vehemently and passionately for others to be transformed. It's the truth. I find a link that when there's less intentionality, when there's a connection, when I'm thinking about myself and merely about my schedule, that it's often because I'm not having that time of change and transformation and and just very quality time as our Lord Jesus did, just getting away from the crowds, reminding ourselves of the Father's love, of the goodness of God. So I think being prepared in that sense, being prepared with a track, being prepared with a word, being prepared with a scripture. One of my favorite things I do when I go on a walk and talk is I will have a scripture that's on my mind. Today was John 17, verse three. And I know the context. And when I came up to Tracy to get my uh, cup of coffee, you know, I, I, I said, um, Tracy, how are you doing today? You know, how, are, how have you been? And uh, she responded and I said, you know, um, may I share with you the scripture I've been thinking about today? And she said, yes. And I said, you know, the scripture today is that Jesus said that they would know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. You know what that means? She goes, I think I do. And I said, we've got to share it with you. And then may I pray for you? And when I have those opportunities, that's what I do. And I think from my friendships over time, everyone knows that I'll ask them if I can pray for them. I'll ask if I can share a scripture with them. That's what I mean about intentionality, preparedness. I also uh, there's a sense in which when I come home, I'm not looking for success by my on my terms. I'm trying to train myself to walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm trying to return knowing that if I've been faithful, if I've sown the seed, God will, by his grace, water it and cause the increase. So those are those are some things that come to mind, brother. Yeah, that's helpful. So when we talk about being a regional home missionary, in my role here interviewing, I always like to think about maybe new people to the OPC, new people to thinking about uh, these kinds of terms and what people might be thinking. And um, it seems to me that you're not the first regional home missionary that we've had the podcast with, but you may be the first one I'm asking this to. It, it, it strikes me that people could think regional home missionary is kind of one level removed from the heart of ministry. In other words, you were in a local church, they know what you do. You preach every week, you shepherd, you run Bible studies. But now it's possible that people could think, okay, now he's moving one step back. He's kind of overseeing, he's not in the fray. Could you talk about that a little bit and help people understand the kind of the spiritual nature of regional home missionary and the active nature of regional home missionary? Yes, I think I can. Um, I, I'll tell you, um, 
from my own practice, you know, what I have the privilege of doing as a minister, when people ask me, um, you know, what does it mean to be a regional missionary? One of the first things I say is I have the privilege of shepherding uh, several smaller congregations. And, and, and so I am still uh, grateful to be a shepherd. Um, I'm in our new mission works uh, frequently, uh, seeking to mentor the church planters, come alongside them, um, offer encouragement to them, uh, seek to be a blessing to them, always with a desire. There's a scripture I always have in mind, and it's Romans 15, 29, that I pray that I would come with the fullness of the blessing of Christ, as Paul did to the churches. I often will uh, minister the word and the sacrament when I have the privilege of doing that. I seek through prayer newsletters that are that come out about every five weeks, um, and as well as Sunday school presentations that I, I, I'm able to give both in our mission works and our established churches. I'm able to not only share the gospel, but the gospel as it applies to seeking to stir others up, to be reminded of of, of praying for compassion for the loss, of remembering we're in the time of the already harvest, though there's a, a great deal of not yet to it, um, of shepherding them in that way, of, of maybe uh, what I pray for is that my sermons will be faithful as the pastor who's already there, as consistent, yet a compliment to it, and maybe yet still more uh, particularly applied to uh, seeking to remember for them to look out their window, look out uh, their doors, look around them and see the people who are lost, who may be the elect, who God has promised to bring uh, to his to His son, the Lord Jesus. So there's still shepherding, there's still mentoring, there's discipleship. I, I've written, I'm in the process of writing something that was intended first for me, brother, and it is just 10 principles of intentional biblical evangelism that I can remember on 10 fingers. All right. And, and, and these 10 things I try to share with folks. I'm one who uh, can live in the abstract and appreciate 10 points. I realize that 10 points are most of the time too much for me and for others. But if I can come in and say, here are the 10 points, here's something I'll leave with you. Uh, my paper in process as it is. It's nothing in 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 uh, full publishable form, I don't think. Um, it's in PDF form, whatever that means. Um, it's still flexible enough to add to it and maybe take away. But um, in my 10 principles of evangelism, uh, intentional evangelism, um, I try to pass on. And when I speak, I try to pass on and focus on like three to five of those while talking about the 10. And I'd be happy to even give you the 10 real quick off the top of my head. They they come from a heart that realized when I was becoming an RHM that there was still sanctifying work um, that I desired from the Lord Jesus through the Spirit to make me more intentional and um, selfless in my evangelistic outreach, um, in thinking more uh, specifically or praying more specifically for the lost. I, I, I always tried to do that faithfully as a pastor, but just being called to RHM was something where I was thinking more uh, intentionally about how to, to, to do these things. And that's where the 10 principles came from is I needed to, I needed to think about them very specifically myself. Yeah. Go ahead. If you want to give us the, the 10, uh, go sure. ahead. Yeah. The 10 that I try to remember and I try to, 
think of the story around each one of them is, is when I'm going out for the day, it's just remembering to be there. It's being there. It's remembering that wherever I am, it's because of where God has placed me it, to, to be looking out to see what who God's bringing to me and have eyes with compassion to recognize them, to see that these are um, these divine encounters. So being there is the first. The second is being prepared, being ready, praying, devoted, have a scripture in mind, maybe a tract or two. Um, that's usual, usually the way I go out the door. Three, being faithful, not trying to see the results in one day. As you know, many times it's, um, it's incremental. It's walking up steps. Um, uh, some of my relationships now that have, uh, I'm not sure if they're conversions yet, but they're discipleship moments. There are people who are hungry for the word, who I hope will eventually become members of, of Christ and members of his church. Being uh, faithful, not trying to determine the success, but being faithful and, and trusting the results with God. The, the fourth is being myself. Every evangelist is different. And I try to really focus this one, I think, if I have just a few minutes and I can tell all 10, the, the fourth one's, I think, most important is that Jesus has gifted all of us. He's graced us. He, he's given us all different personalities, different interests, different hobbies, uh, different uh, things we excel in, different weaknesses. And so we want to be the best selves we can be, the best um, redeemed selves that we can be in the way that we reach out. That might be better one-on-one. -on -one. It could be street evangelism. Um, so to be yourself, um, I could say more on that. But the fifth is being filled. Remember daily to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that we're united to Jesus Christ, but we want to be filled with the Spirit for boldness, particularly. And uh, in the book of Acts, we know that being filled often results in a bold speech act of, of reaching out and, and, and speaking just the right words at the right time by God's grace. Uh, number six is being confident, not in yourself or in your apologetic knowledge or your polemics, though, though those, those are all good. I try to prepare myself in that way to the best of my ability. But the best thing to be confident is just knowing that the Lord's with you and he's promised to so live on his promises that um, that he's going to build his church and that he sent us on mission. So that's confidence. Number seven is being Christ, trying my best to remember that um, that in my actions, not just in my lips, but in my actions, in my opportunities to help someone, my opportunities to go to someone who has a need to provide for them, perhaps through the church generously or provide something I might have on me generously or to just just help them in some way uh, to being Christ in that sense. Uh, eight is not being Christ. It's remembering that I'm not the Lamb of God. I'm not causing people to be dependent upon me. I'm saying, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, that it's not about me. It's not about my friendship with you, though that's important to me. It's about ultimately not just making a friendship, but, but making you a, a follower of Christ by his power and grace. Um, so not being Christ, pointing away from myself to Christ. Um, number nine is being patient now. Coming home and saying, you know, I trust you, Lord. I'm going to be patient. Um, the harvest takes time. Sowing takes time. Growing takes even longer, we know, in a harvest. And so be patient. And finally, 10 is be expectant. I always remember William Carey, you know, um, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. The, the expecting great things from God, I always recall from John 14, 12 through 14, where Jesus says that the things that I do, you will do. There's a continuity. 
But then he says, greater things than I've done, you will do. And uh, because I go to the Father to send forth my spirit. And he says, um, he then says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me in my name, I'll do it. So expect great things. So those are the 10 things I try to keep in mind. And having memorized those and trying to live them out, I try to pass those on to others. And again, I've done it where I've laid them all 10 out. I think they've been appreciated to some degree. They're useful to me. They help keep me on my toes. They help keep me focused. They help me keep keep me intentional. But I think sometimes just focusing on a few of them, if I highlight a few of them, it's it's being probably faithful, being yourself, and uh, then being expectant. Hearing you give those, you can tell that it's constant sermon or devotion you can give yourself, you know, that you can, like you have it, you sort of bleed it out of you. And so therefore, when you're out and about, whether you're shepherding a congregation or whether you're talking to unbelievers, you have this, uh, it's not, it's not a mantra. You just have this, this deep understanding kind of ready at the ready to, to come out of your heart and out of your mouth. So that I appreciate that. I liked, uh, seven and eight be Christ. Don't be Christ. That's a nice, juxtaposition uh, for, for somebody listening, it kind of catches you That's, in terms of a, a great way of putting it. it, it those, are the, those are those principles that help to stay focused that I try to pass on to others. So when, when you're talking about shepherding in a larger way, when I'm, when I'm seeking to encourage uh, established churches to evangelize and, and plant churches, you know, the, the, the healthy uh, churches seeking to plant healthy churches, um, healthy churches seeking to to be means to healthy Christians, etc. I, I try to pass those on. When I'm talking to other brothers just in times of uh, fellowship or cultivating, thinking about how to cultivate or stir up another brother to evangelism, I know telling a story and asking for prayer is very useful. Me and um, my 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 brother, we pray for reg- we pray regularly as pastors, and we'll share. I, I'm talking to Marty this week. Please pray for Marty. I'm talking to Sam this week. Please pray for Sam. How's Sam doing? You know, two weeks down the road, how's Marty doing? That really keeps us, I think, well, expectant, patient. You know, all those things. So, so anybody who reads your Home Missions Today updates, anybody who goes to your website, people, and I'm sure people in your presbytery and people who read your newsletter uh, know the phrase, which I'm guessing you probably like a lot, Bigs Team RHM. Yes, yes, yes. And I wanted to ask you that about that, not not just because it's a fun way of putting it, because yep. it is that. It's memorable. It's fun. But it also strikes me, I, I, don't, I don't know you, we've just met today, but it strikes me that somebody who puts that sort of as a slogan or puts that up at the forefront of the introduction, there's a reason for that. There's, there's, there's a dynamic there. And I was wondering if you could tell us both the fun part of that, who is Big Team RHM, okay. but also why do you use that as an introduction of who you are and what your ministry is? Because I'm, I'm suspecting that there's some layers under there. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, the team part always reminds me that we're part of a larger church, a larger body. And that 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 you know it's it it's like in the being faithful part of of what I said in the ten principles of being faithful. I'm just one individual. Someone said recently, "Boy, you you really are busy, you know, such and such." And I said, "I'm very thankful for the favor of God, but I'm just one mere 
herald among many other heralds. And so the team part is just reminding ourselves that we're part of a greater whole of body. You know, every time I witness to someone, I'm there, you know, being there. And I and I'm introducing myself for the first time. I'm often remembering that there's five other people at least who've been praying for this person. And I'm just an answer to that prayer to some degree, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I don't, you know, not the wrong kind of it, wrong kind of uh, influence. Um, and and that that person that there've been others before is is just the point. So the team, but Big's team is my family. This is um, you know the family is the little church using Luther's phrase. And what I want to be as a man, I want to be the same man privately as I am publicly. I want to be the pastor to my wife and to my girls, my two daughters. And we want to serve Christ, not just individually, but together and be part of the larger church. When I took the, the, when I was praying about taking the call to become RHM, it was awful hard leaving such a, a loving, healthy, growing, thriving congregation as Catoctin, working with some real faithful brothers as elders and, and deacons there. And, and just the love of the congregation was, is immense. It still is. My, my, my wife and my daughter said, Daddy, if, if it's possible, you know, we would like to travel with you as much as possible because we love um, the ministry of Katajan, but we also love your ministry and we want to be part of that. So since then, we've tried to travel often, regularly, together and in that, we engage together um, as a family in being a blessing. I have some churches who will tease me and say, Charles, while you come to do word and sacrament, uh, we're very grateful for that. And that's the ultimate reason why you're here. I realize that. But don't you dare leave your family behind. All right. I mean, and I have other RHMs, one particular that teases me and says, oh, they, lo- they like you, Charles, but they really like your family. And And so I think what you know, what we're seeking to cultivate in the home is very important uh, for the larger mission of the church. You know that each each church is made up of, each congregation is made up of a unit of family. And we want to do our best with being that real, sincere, again, don't want to overuse it, but authentic in the proper way, redeem self to our wives, to our families. And so it's also engaging with them in evangelism, teaching them how to do it so that growing up in the church and my, my girls are 16 and 14. They're not, we haven't launched them yet, but by God's grace, so far, so good. I see them as desiring to be servants in the church. And, and when we go uh, places, uh, we'll be coming close to arriving and, I, and we'll pray for the congregation uh, particularly and for the ministry. And, we'll, and then I'll remind them, I say, Remember the importance of keeping Christ central, um, of, of, of asking good questions, of finding out everyone's doing and, and trying to keep a limit on what we speak of ourselves, only because we're wanting to put Philippians 2, 1 through 4 into practice. So Big Steam RHM, I'm very thankful to say, is a small unit of our larger church uh, that, I, that I call my own in a special way because it's my family. But it does help us to cultivate, I think, and I see this in my girls, and they've given me positive feedback in this. It, it helps us to see ourselves as part of a larger whole and, and, and a larger church. And that can that's always a good thing, I think, because we're part of a kingdom. We're part of a larger church. Um, my girls, just this um, year, they, they said, Dad, I, I really hope 
if you're um, called to be commissioner of General Assembly, again, I, we, we really would like to serve as pages. And, um, and, and I was called to serve as commissioner this year from the Mid-Atlantic, and they're serving as pages by God's grace. And my wife, Margaret, is not able to make it this year, but they're going with me. So we're going to make that long haul from uh, Northern Virginia to Chicago uh, just so they can serve. And that's part of um, that's where their hearts are by God's grace. And I pray that will continue. Thanks for sharing that. That's kind of that's kind of I didn't know what the story was going to be, but I knew it was going to be something like that. So I think I think listeners will appreciate. It. Is there any big team merch yet? Merchandise yet? Is there <laughs> are there sweatshirts? Are there bumper stickers? Honk well, if you know the big team RHM or no. But the good thing is I didn't. You know, it was funny because it's nice when you have one of those sweet, affectionate kind of, uh, what is, you know, moniker, what is that called? I, I don't know. But uh, the, the, the affectionate term of endearment was given to us after a couple of uh, visits. You know, folks started saying Biggs team or they'll say RHM Biggs team or something like that. So anyway, it kind of stuck from the very beginning. Um, it was planned to be a team. And to be the little church and the larger church, but it was actually it was given to us as a term of endearment, and and to this day it's been one that um, that I found to be very precious and sweet. So thanks for asking about that. Yeah, sure, great. Well, that's a good note to end on, Charles. This has been great. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for kind of sharing your heart and your heart for evangelism and what's going on in the Presbyterian the Mid Atlantic. I'm sure this will help lots of listeners know what's going on, pray better congregations praying better. So thanks for your time today. My pleasure, brother. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.